for me in my own experience and that's part of like why every health coach could be different and you have to find your the one you make that makes sense to you is that like for me getting to know deep what is the main thing that make you eat more or eat in a different way is part of helping you solve the problem since the beginning kind of like a functional doctor they go all the way to what is the actual um is not the symptom it's what actually is getting you sick of 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 whatever you're you're getting sick of a uh, holistic health coach for me is the same getting to know the base where everything started so when you heal that everything else is like a reap effect right everything aligns goes back to line yeah welcome to the plant based dfw podcast weekly show with dr riz and maya a show broadcasted from the Dallas Fort Worth area that focuses on lifestyle medicine. This is the use of evidence-based lifestyle therapeutic approaches such as a whole food plant-based diet, regular physical exercise, adequate sleep, and stress management to treat, prevent, and oftentimes reverse lifestyle-related chronic diseases that are all too prevalent. Every week, they feature a guest who speaks on one of these lifestyle medicine pillars. This show is for you, the person who is seeking to improve your overall wellness and quality of life. So whether you are driving, walking, or relaxing at home, we hope this show will provide you one more tool for your wellness toolbox. Let's meet today's podcast guest. Welcome back to another episode of the Plant-Based DFW Podcast. This is Maya Acosta, and this is episode 119. Before I formally introduce Paola Morlet, I wanted to make sure that I mention some things that I'm putting in the show notes. In this episode, Paola talks about her essential oils and some affiliate links in case you're interested in pursuing some of the work that she's doing. I enjoy promoting other people, but I am not associated, nor am I an affiliate. We do talk about the Integrative Institute of Nutrition, so I will put a link to that in case you're interested. So she's an ambassador for the school, so if you're interested in being part of the school or taking former training like she did, you can provide her name or register for a sample class and she'll give you a link. She's also part of Young Living Premium Oils and Aromaste. She includes her affiliate links along with a discount code in case you're interested in sampling the essential oils. She did send me a sample of Valor or Valor and I really enjoy it. I use it right before I interview for the podcast and also on occasions where I feel like I need a little bit more strength and I'm loving how I'm feeling using the oils. Also, we do a segment in the same episode in Spanish because we do have Spanish listeners throughout the world. And so if you want to fast forward to 37 or 38 minutes, you'll hear us speak in Spanish so that you get a sample of what it's like to listen to Paola in Spanish. But I really enjoy speaking with her. Y una vez más, les aviso que en español para nuestros oyentes hispanohablantes, les ofrecemos el podcast en español después de los 38 minutos de este episodio. Y una vez más, les agradezco mucho por escuchar el podcast. And so once again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And here's my introduction. She is a holistic health coach, born and raised in Mexico City. She has a nutrition certificate from E. Cornell's Center for Nutrition Study and the Integrative Institute of Nutrition in New York. 
She transitioned to a plant-based diet in 2014 in search of a healthier lifestyle. She is passionate to recreate Mexican recipes into vegan and plant-based versions. She practices yoga, loves to travel, and adores aromatherapy. To learn more about Paola, you can visit her blog called Pololes Journey, and I will include that in the show notes. Let's welcome Paola. Thank you, Maya. Very, very excited being here with you. Well, it's such a pleasure to know about you. And I was just telling you that when we got involved in the plant-based community, that was about five years ago, I didn't know a lot of people in the Latin American community. And so I started watching some of your IGTV content and you do a lot of interviews in Spanish. Everything that you do is pretty much bilingual, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, my, basically, my Spanish will be like my main language, but I do things in English as well. Okay, so we're going to talk about that and we'll do a little portion where we talk in Spanish for our listeners um, from Latin America. Tell us about your journey because you are originally from Mexico City, but you've moved around. That's right. Um, I was born and raised in Mexico City. Um, I got married with uh, a Mexican guy and we arrived to the U.S. together for his master in Chicago. And then he got a job offer in Miami. So we moved to, to Florida. And after like 14 years in Florida, we are now in Atlanta, Georgia. How long were you in Miami? Like for 14 years. Wow. Florida has become almost like a second home for us because we have a sailboat just north of um, West Palm Beach. Okay. I, I still miss the beach and the, the hot water. But yeah, it's nice that you go to Florida so often. So tell me about the plant-based community in Georgia. Do you have any groups that you're part of there uh, before COVID? Were you doing any activities there, like with the community? Um, I wasn't able to. I mean, not yet. Because when I arrived to Georgia, um, I was traveling a lot. My, my husband works for an airline. So we were basically... Uh, not in Atlanta, basically. And then COVID arrived and we have been home the whole year and three months. So um, everything I do, like I've been doing, like when I go to vegan restaurants and stuff, I've been documenting it in my stories, but I haven't been able to do anything yet. Looking forward to it. Right, me too. So Paola, um, now I know that you're a holistic health coach and we'll talk about um, what that means, but how did you come to l learn about the plant-based uh, diet? Oh, that was an amazing journey. Um, it was a coincidence. Actually, I wasn't planning to do that. Um, I, I live with overweight. I was overweight for many years. Um, I figured out, well, that's a different story, but I think my overweight has to do with emotional things. And um, I've been in that, it seemed like back then I was in diets all along. Up, I, like I gained weight, I lose weight, I gained weight, I lose weight. And at one point I started to take it, to take some classes in Whole Foods in Coral Gables where they have like a healthy diet, like a healthy class. And I started learning a little bit about how to make substitutes, like instead of soysas that have a, that is high in salt, I usually do. Uh, liquid aminos or tamari this like liquid aminos and tamari are two ingredients that I they were new for me I never knew they existed so little by little I started making changes and at some point Whole Foods domestically make a challenge a 28-day challenge to be plant-based with the like based on engine to diet book of Rip Esselstyn and I say well 28 days not big deal let's see they say like take take your do your blood work to see your your cholesterol and triglycerides to be 
to know where you are and after 28 days where you're going to be. And, and I did everything they said. It was only 28 days. And oh my gosh, after those 28 days, I never went back. I felt so energized. I felt so like brain sharp. I felt so good that um, there was no animal protein at home since then. Like when I go out, I eventually have, uh, whenever, if I select a social event and there's no other option, I'll have some animal protein, but at home, I'll never have it. So that's how my journey started. And it was like seven years ago, a little bit longer, it was 2014. So the guy that actually made me have a new lifestyle is Reef Eslutin. <laughs> <laughs> it's so exciting that you came to this. And so you said that for many years of your life, weight was not an issue. But then suddenly you found yourself wearing like six sizes larger than what you were wearing before. So it was this way of living that um, helped you to not only feel better, lose the weight, feel better. But then you started kind of, you decided that this was kind of a life purpose. Is that how you became a health coach as well? Um, yes, that was well, that was part of the purpose. Like when, so um, I became plant-based, right? And maybe like for those four years, 100% plant-based have been the best in my life. My pregnancy was part of my plant-based journey. And I had an amazing, amazing, uh, I mean, I love being pregnant. I, I didn't have, I felt so good. And I did exercise a lot. Like I did yoga five times a week. I went to walk like two or three times per week. Like I did, I, it was amazing for me. So my daughter then, I mean, it was born, she was born. And I started like, okay, when I grew up, I grew up with animal protein. I don't, that's the thing I know. Now, this is good for me, but this is a newborn. I don't want her to be uh, with any um, deficit of anything. So I decided to went back to school to IIN and became a health coach. Um, basically started for my daughter, like for me, for my own journey. But now it has, it has been different. Like I've been sharing a lot about it. It and uh, but that's how it started to to get to know like me to get informed of how to of, to grow up a daughter in a plant based diet um, in mm -hmm. a healthy way. Do you find yourself often speaking with mothers or women who are pregnant and reassuring them that it's okay that you can actually have a wonderful pregnancy on a fully plant based diet? I have, and um, not all of them taken the same way as I did. I guess because I started before being pregnant. I knew what it was, but once someone is pregnant, uh, like they take okay when I say no dairy. It's like, oh yes, I get like the inflammation. I will take dairy out. There's no big deal. But meat, for example, for most of the pregnant women I know, is a huge deal for iron. Um, and so, so I, I haven't had any good changes with them with meat, but I have had it with dairy. So I try to share, I share and share and share. And on my social media, what I do is try to explain you why you should do A instead of B, why plant-based or what are the substitutes that you can have. So trying to, to get out there um, a little bit of education to people that are interested in making this change. For me, it's not like a diet. For me, it's actually a lifestyle right now. Mm -hmm. So everything turns around 
yes, what is in my plate, but also around it to have a balance in everything else in my life. Well, I'm familiar with the eCornell's uh, course. I did do it as well. And I agree with you that um, it's important, like if you want to live this way, like really have a plant-based lifestyle, it's important to be well-informed about nutrition because that not only validates why it's good for you to eat this way, but also it gives you content and information to share with other people right like so when people ask you why and um, where do you get your protein then you have the information because it's a, it's a well put together program the other one I've heard of the integrative program uh, from New York can you tell us just a little bit about that like how long is that course and who takes the course okay so it's open for everyone if you want to be in the business or not if you want to be a health coach or just for a personal growth IIN is an um, Integrative Institute of Nutrition and is based in New York. The school is basically online and is, I took, there are different options. I took a whole year, um, a whole, it was a whole year program, but nowadays they have it in a six, phase, six month program and they also have it in Spanish. They have English and or Spanish. So um, what, you, what, I, what you can learn there is basically, um, IIN is based on bio individuality, which is everyone is different. Uh, what is good for me is not necessarily good for you. I mean, I'm plant-based and am I okay with it? But that doesn't mean that all the world has to be plant-based. Uh, depends on every lifestyle of different people. So you get to get not only about a sense of all the diets out there, but to try them yourself like sensibility to gluten well if you if you're going to be a health coach you have to be gluten-free at least for a week or a month so you can feel it in your body and you can talk about it so that's about diet but it's also about your finances about exercising about having joy home home cooking like <laughs> uh that's a, that's if, if you're plant-based you have to go to your kitchen as part of the is as part of the show and i mean you have to cook yourself so uh, basically, IIN is an amazing program where you can learn all about having a balance in your life. Uh, primary food being everything besides your secondary food, which is what is in your plate. I, I recommend it 100%. Even if you want to be a health coach and do this for a living or a part-time job or just for your own information, that's how I started. Now I do health coaching, but at the beginning, it was only like for my information, like for my own growth. So it's open to anyone that is curious about their own health. You said a little while ago that part of your journey in terms of weight loss is addressing the issues that were affecting uh, your way of eating. And so um, as a holistic health coach, do you work with your uh, clients on the aspects of uh, dealing with some of the emotions? Uh, totally. Um, I have to say, like, at the moment, I don't have clients because uh, COVID is a different time for me and I have to be with my daughter full time. But when I did have my clients before COVID, uh, yes, is like for me in my own experience. And that's part of like why every health coach could be different. And you have to find your the one you make that makes sense to you is that like for me getting to know deep what is the main thing that makes you eat more or eat in a different way is part of helping you solve the problem since the beginning, kind of like a functional doctor. They go all the way to 
what is the actual, um, it's not the symptom, it's what actually is getting you sick of, of, of whatever you're, you're getting sick of. A holistic health coach for me is the same, getting to know the base where everything started. For, so when you heal that, everything else is like a reap effect, right? Everything go, align, goes a lot. Like aligns, yeah. Everything yes goes back to line, yeah. Yeah, everything is aligned. Like everything falls into place when you set off into this journey. So, how did you decide on the name of your blog, Pololes Journey? Well, that was easy. Uh, when I when I want, wanted to start sharing about it, this is my journey. This is my own transformation, and people start asking about it. Like at least were like my friends, my family, I think I am the only one at the, like after seven years that I'm plant-based. The rest, uh, and they, so, so it's a weird thing. It's a different thing for most of them. So everybody asks, what is plant-based? Like, <laughs> as you said before, but what is your protein? What do you eat? Like, I mean, you eat, you need meat. It's like, well, I don't. And, and when you start explaining, it's like, okay, this transformation I made for my new lifestyle, I'm going to start sharing, um, starting like for my family and friends, and eventually it's getting uh, more people out there. And so it's sharing my journey and Pololes is, is my nickname uh, for my undergraduate back in Mexico. That's that's my nickname. So it was Sisi Pololes journey. <laughs> <laughs> I love the name. Does it mean anything? I, I, I've never heard of Polole. Um, actually not at the beginning. It was just, uh, my name, Paola, that was, that, that got into different names and finally get to Pololes. I, I know that in Portuguese, Polola or Pololo, Pololo means boyfriend. Uh, oh. But that's nothing has nothing to do without my own journey. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that. So, okay. So you're currently not, you don't have any clients, but you're very active on social media. And I think that's awesome. So you often get on IGTV. You do these kind of uh, conversations as well, like um, interviews. Can you tell us what kind of content you have on your Instagram? Totally. Yes. Uh, well, everything that has to do with a holistic lifestyle i love it which is obviously talking about food plant-based food vegetarian food veganism plant-based kids everything that has to do with eating for plant-based um, for kids or for us in this kind of way but that is on my plate but also meditation also about yoga also i i'm a big fan of oils i'm an, i have my oily tribe um i do believe that they can change or they help you um, to change you um, the emotions in the emotion state you are once you smell or inhale an aroma it can totally change the way you're feeling it goes and connect with your your limbic system so um, i also have like a series about my oily talks so basically that's what i talk about everything that has to do with wellness in general they're essential oils, right? Yes. I was looking at your essential oils, and some of them are related to the oils um, like cedar, like trees and things like that. Cedar wood, incense, like most of them, they come from plants, they come from trees, from bark of the trees. They come from everywhere, um, from nature. So now that you're saying that, even though I haven't tried the forest bathing, and I put it already on my wish list, I can say that um, earthing is another thing I love to do. 
um, without knowing in living in Miami, I did it every day. And here in Atlanta, I have to, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward, at least in winter, that you are not barefoot, that I'm, I have a cold intolerance, so I'm not a big fan to being outside the weather in, in winter. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to look for different things, how to do the earth thing, which is basically being on nature. How can being in nature can actually heal you? Mm -hmm. um, so even though if I'm not in nature, I can smell my essential oils and transport myself there in this limbic system, right? In this memory um, system that we have on our brain. So yeah, that's, that's what I use them for basically uh, to stay healthy more than curing things. Yes. And I, you know, we never talk about essential oils on, on our show. And it just has been because I've been focusing on other areas, but I completely agree when it comes to the power of what these oils can do. Like, for example, when you think of eucalyptus or you think of lavender and how soothing and relaxing aromatherapy can be, I realized that for me, working on calming myself and grounding myself. Do you have an oil that kind of helps you to ground? There's one that kind of gives you courage. I don't know which one it was. Oh, that's yes. nice. I have it right here with me today. Okay. <laughs> Valerie, Valerie's a blend. It's not only one. Um, Valerie, like the ones I use are from Young Living. I'm part of their affiliate program. And what I love about this guy that already passed away, his name is or was Gary Young. He, uh, all plants have frequencies, all right? So if you are sick, usually you are in around 65 megahertz. But if you're well, like if you're okay, if you're healthy, you're around 75 megahertz. A rose, for example, the, the, the rose oil has 300 megahertz. So it's like, like if, if you are sick and you smell rose, emotionally, you will become getting better. I mean, it's not from one minute to other, but that's about frequencies. So getting to know the blends, I am talking about Valor that you asked. These um, Gary Young blends uh, depends on the frequencies of every plant to give you, in this case, uh, security, like Valor when you need it. Like every time I do a podcast or an IGTV, this is what I use, Valor. Right. And so yes, I'm, I'm a big fan of them. I use them. They're part of my life. They're, they're my lifestyle too. Do you apply it like on your wrist or behind your ears or where do you put it? I wasn't prepared, but I have everything. <laughs> like I have rollers made already and it's easy just to put them on the back of my ears or my neck or here. Um, so you can smell mm -hmm. it. The, the, what I like the most is just putting a drop on my hand and activate it and smell it. If you mm -hmm. smell it six breaths, it will be around 20 minutes. And that's what it takes to take your to your limbic system. So that's mm -hmm. when you make a different connections. And when you say about healing at your when you were uh, younger on your uh -huh. child, there's a technique called aroma freedom technique AFT with oils that help you connect to all those moments uh, and heal with essential oils to make a different kind of memory in your mind. So th oh. there's many ways to use essential oils, oils for healing. Yes, and like you said, it works with the limbic system, right? Which is where we kind of process some of the, or maybe where we get stuck, some of the emotions get stuck in there. All our emotions are in the limbic system. So yeah, all essential oils get there in, in seconds and right. they can help you feel different and or treat 
Uh, I mean, if you do the AFT, the Aroma Freedom Technique, you can change beliefs. Like, for example, when I was, if, if you have, if you don't believe in something or, or you were say what, or you were told as a kid that, um, I don't know, I want trying to find an example, at least on my own, what did I work with? Where you're not good for, you're not good for this, you're not good for that. And that sticks in your mind. And you start growing up be, thinking, I'm not good for that. I'm not good for that. And when mm -hmm. you're a grown up, it sticks with you. So a way to change it is using Aroma Freedom Technique and using essential oils to change that uh, emotion you have in the limbic system with a different oil that might make that change and mm -hmm. forget about that old path that you have. Um, right. So that's that's a quick example of how to use them. I saw one of your videos on IGTV where you talk about the system that you put together to teach your daughter how to express her emotions. That's something I've learned during my yoga journey. All right. So um, things I've been wanted to do on my or, or I have done with myself, I started done it with my child. So that could be her her way of living more than something more than 10 years of therapy that I have, for example, I, I hope she doesn't need them with these little things I'm doing for her. So the emotional oils is getting to know when she's angry, when she's mad, when she's happy, when she's frustrated, that she can get to know what is that she's feeling. But she's four years old right now. Um, she doesn't read at all. Like she reads very few words. So I put labels like like faces, like drawings, like happy, sad, angry on on mason jars. Like I recycle those. And whenever we have um, a, a moment like, or whenever she gets angry for something, I just say, feel, just take a breath, go and put your stone in the jar and let me know how you feel. And you can go to your room, make some breathing. And when you're ready, just come back and we can talk about it. And oh my, like, I mean, it was not like that since day one, but just reinforcing day by day. How do you mm -hmm. feel? Even though if you feel happy, go and put your stone and make me know you're happy. So we can make a little dance or just to celebrate that you're happy. So what I'm doing with that is just trying to teach her that it's okay that you feel sad. It's okay. You don't have, like when I was, when I, I remember, that's just a good example. When I was a child, it was, don't cry. You don't need to cry. And it was, Sometimes you need to cry. So if Fio needs to cry and she's sad, go ahead, feel it, feel what is to be sad. And then I will help you to come over to that. So mm -hmm. yes, that's something um, that I learned in the kids yoga um, books I've been reading about. Wow. I, it's so fascinating because, well, you're doing it with your own child, but also just, um, I feel that if many of us have been taught, it's safe not only to feel that emotion, but to express it, then we wouldn't be stuck <laughs> where a lot of us are at, at our age. And so as a health coach, and then for your own life, you work on yoga, you work on meditation, your aromatherapy, um, and other things, but you have also done a Vipassana. It's a 10 day silent retreat. Treat. Was that the experience you had? First time you do Vipassana is at 10 days. Once you do a 10 day, you can choose from three days or 10 days. But first time for all of us is 10 days. So, and it's an amazing experience. Whenever you have a chance, please go back and do it because it's noble silence, no phones, no books, no exercising. I mean, no like, like cardio exercising no talking, no seeing to the eyes to anyone is only being with learning to be with yourself. 
and meditating. Most of, I mean, you're going to be sitting like for eight to 10 hours a day meditating. So um, it's 10 days, right? So the first days for me were like, is this gonna, is, is, is it really gonna work? I mean, I, I, I'm already uncomfortable and I'm moving and I need to go and have a walk. And my mind, my inter, my inner voice is talking all over me that this is not going to be a good thing. Like, but your friends told you they did it in, in, in India and they say Vipassana was an amazing meditation experience. So Paola, please focus. So you had that inner voice talking to you, all these things. Right. Uh, there's people that if they want, they say, this is not for me and they leave. And I mean, that's okay. I knew I wanted to make the commitment for 10 days. And by day eight, I finally was able to sit for more than an hour. Maybe it was like three hours straight meditating. So at that point, it's like, wow, I did it. Um, but it, it's a process. It's not from minute one, they're going to sit and you're going to be there meditating. So it's an amazing experience. Is vegetarian diet. Um, is, I don't know, it was... It, it is really not only for meditating, but, but being with yourself. Once I get out from Vipassana, my, I was living in Miami and the closest one was in Jesuit, Georgia. So I also flew to Jacksonville and then took a train an hour to get there. And when I, I was coming back, I, was, I didn't want to like turn on the phone. I, I knew I had to tell my husband I'm out and I'm about to go back home, but I really didn't want to do it. I was so good on my own. And for the first maybe five days, I was kind of, I don't want any computers, any phones around me, people around me. I want, I, I'm li I liking this being on my own. And well, after like five, six days, then you start getting your life over and you're back to it. So mm -hmm. um, I decided at that point that I was going to do that every year. Um, so when I was pregnant, I went back to Vipassana. It was in Mexico. Uh -huh. uh, only for the three day Vipassana, since I was pregnant and the diet is different. Um, it, well, if you're pregnant, they give you more food, but it's only, I did it on a three day and I loved it. And what happened afterward? I don't know what happened. Oh, I was breastfeeding. So I wasn't able to leave again. Um, when she was one year old, I wasn't able to leave. And well, since now I haven't been back, but that's part of my thing. I want to do it every year. Yes, I, you know, and I've mentioned now that I've gone through 2020, I feel not only am I eager to experience Vipassana, but I feel like I can now do it because I really isolated myself. But, it, you know, I isolated myself, but I wasn't meditating like in a Vipassana. So I know that I'm ready for that. And I don't have a problem being with myself. I enjoy my own company. It's eliminating the distractions right like that's the main purpose of the whole retreat is to disconnect from everything and just being okay with yourself that's so cool maybe this is your moment it was not before it's now and you're gonna love it okay i don't want to forget let's talk about you have a cookbook that you published and i i had the opportunity to look through it and you basically have kind of traditional plant-based Mexican dishes and I went through and I do cook traditional and before I went vegan uh, pozole was one of my favorites you have to so, try my pozole in the book it's just delicious when I make it I'm going to share it with my family because I am the only one that's also plant-based just like you tell us the name of your cookbook what was the inspiration and how can people find it 
Okay, so it's called the Mexican Vegan Cookbook in English. In Mexic in Spanish, is Recetario Mexicano Vegano, and it's basically a mini collection of plant-based uh, dishes that I grew up with back home in Mexico City. And I start to veganize in them. Like I did, I make a transformation for them to be plant-based, vegan, no refined sugars, no refined flours. Uh, so they're really healthy and they're my favorite. I have a pozole there, a pozole verde. And I have to tell you, like many people have done it, uh, that, they have, that have shared it with me and we are all in love with it. How we started was, um, was it was... I just went with the flow and it happens because I didn't plan it. Um, I, I was writing actually, I'm, and I'm continuing to write my book, like my own journey. And um, eventually, hopefully I'm planning to publish this year. But, and then my friend and co-author and amazing nutrition, nutritionist, um, Sunui, she once told me we should do a cookbook together. And I was, I, I mean, I love your recipes. And I say like, well, I'm in, but you have to, I have to let you know that when I cook, I don't measure. Like when I, if you ask me how many cups, how many spoons I want, I can give you an estimate, but I, and if we're doing a cookbook, we need to give the exact amounts. And she said, don't worry about that. Just give me your recipes. I'm very good at that because she also she has um, or before COVID, she used to go to um, Latin American TV shows and make um, fragments about uh, like yeah how to cook. So she knows exactly how to measure things. So that's how we started. It was an amazing teamwork cookbook because. Um, then she, so she make the measurements, right? So I put the recipes, the mini collection we wanted to do. We discussed, she is from um, um, Chihuahua in the, in the north of Mexico. I am from Mexico City. We figure out that we have totally different plates or dishes from one place to another. We figure out which ones we want to put there. Um, for instance, we have a power guacamole. Guacamole, I think, is the easiest thing to do. But to make it healthier, we show you options of to add kale or something else. And she always said, and cumin, and cumin. I was like, why cumin? I don't use it. And then it's like, all right, I figure out. Chihuahua use cumin for everything in Mexico City. I, if, I use it like once every other day, but not in all my dishes. So we finally figure out which recipes we were going to publish. She makes the measurements and she has, she works in a hospital in Florida. So she has a group of interns that help her. All of them were all aboard and all of them cook all of the recipes to make sure the measurements were right to see if there was something which changed or not. Um, I, most of them were, well, not, not most of them. We have Mexicans and there was Venezuelans, there was Colombian. I think there was an American girl too. So we have like different, um, um, I don't know, paladares, like tastes, mm -hmm. like different people, like different yeah, um, flavors all around from different countries. And that's how it happened. It took us maybe like a month to have all the cookbook written in English. And what it takes us the most was to actually upload it to Amazon. But it has been quite a very nice journey. I have learned a lot of what to actually do a book is and how to publish it and the design or the edition, like not to have any um, misspells or typos. Um, it's been quite a, it's, even though it's a mini cookbook, it was 
quite a job. Um, it, it, we invested a lot of our time in there, but we are so happy to have finally shared it. So we have it in Amazon. Anywhere in the world there is Amazon. If you Google the Mexican Vegan Cookbook or El Recetario Mexicano Vegano or my name, Paola Morlet, you'll find it. And also if you go to my Instagram in Pololes Journey, you can download it in a PDF version in English or Spanish. So that's that's the story about the cookbook. And my I have my one of my favorites, as I said before, is the pozole verde. Ceviche, like the almond ceviche, is one of my other favorites. Um, like the churros, we have a churros recipe, <laughs> but it has like coconut sugar instead of refined sugar. Like we changed everything, we modified it to be a healthy churro. I mean, it's <laughs> fried, it has to be fried, but we suggest a safflower oil instead of the regular corn oil that people use. So we make it, all of the recipes are the healthier with that. They can be with no sugars or flowers uh, processed in there. Well, I'm telling you that, I mean, my mouth is watering as you're talking because I saw the recipes and I just, I still gravitate towards the the Mexican flavors because that's what I grew up with. Um, I was born in Mexico City, but I was raised here. Now that you're plant-based, do you see, have you seen a change every time you go back to Mexico? Are more Mexicans starting to eat healthier like this way, plant-based? I would say yes. Uh, I don't know if Mexicans in general are eating healthier. I don't think so. But restaurants offer a lot of options for us plant-based. And they are very flexible. If you have the beef enchiladas instead of beef, that they can put uh, veggies inside. So if you ask the waiter, um, there's they're very flexible in helping you out to have a plant-based Mexican dish wherever you go. Right. That's right. Yeah, I like the idea you were talking about how throughout Latin America, well, in the world, but in general, we all have our flavors, like our favorite uh, ingredients that we like uh, to spice up our food. And when I make a dish that I've never made before, I taste, I continue to taste it. And then I add a little bit of what I like, which is usually more garlic and more onion. <laughs> and everything but it is true that we use cumin in a lot of things especially the beans oh really i don't yes. i like cumin. now i do uh but not at the beginning like neither you say spices for example uh-huh i before being plant-based i use salt and pepper and maybe paprika or any other now you open my kitchen and i have like 30 50 different spices it's amazing how they can flavor food that you cannot even imagine. And you get to know many other spices that you didn't know before. Yes. And I was also lucky because when I met my husband, his mother wrote a cookbook uh, for Indian Pakistani dishes. And that's when I learned to cook with spices. So when I do make my black beans, I do add cumin, but I also add cayenne. <laughs> Cause, yes, because I realized like I like those flavors. And so now I learn, you know, how to use gin ginger, for example, and turmeric ingredients that I never used to use, you know, in the past. So that's so cool. Yes. Okay, so um, Paola, this is uh, the, the moment in the interview where we can switch a little bit to Spanish because we actually have listeners in Mexico, in Spain. Sometimes we have people listening in Brazil. I know that's Portuguese, but <laughs> I was hoping that we can speak a little bit in Spanish so that our listeners um, can learn about the work that you do on your IGTV and all of that. 
Perfecto. Perfecto. Ok, muy bien. Habíamos hablado, Paola, que eres health coach. Platícanos un poco acerca de cómo llegaste a esta forma de vivir consumiendo la comida basada en plantas. Pues fue algo que no planeé, que se dio y, y me encanta cuando esas cosas fluyen en tu vida de forma natural sin planear. Yo viví con sobrepeso varios años de mi vida y en ese sobrepeso de subidas y bajadas y dieta tras dieta tras dieta, empecé a tomar unas clases en Whole Foods de comida saludable y empecé a aprender de cómo hacer conversiones de ciertos alimentos como la soya, a lo que se llama la salsa soya, a líquido amino sotamari, este, el nutritional yeast que no lo conocía, ahí fue donde conocí la levadura nutricional, en fin, estaba en este proceso cuando avisa, eh, avisan en Whole Foods que van a hacer un reto de 28 días totalmente plant-based, que en quién se quiere inscribir y le platico a mi marido y los dos, bueno, pues son 28 días, no perdemos nada, vamos a probarlo y te instruyen. Eh, fue basado en el libro de Engine to Diet de Rip Esselstyn, eh, que mis respetos, o sea, de ser atleta, o sea, él es atleta profesional después de haber sido bombero y lleva más de 30 años, bueno, toda su vida ha sido plant-based desde su papá, y creo que la, bueno, no sé si toda la vida, porque su papá hicieron su cambio de alimentación en algún momento, pero 30 años seguro lleva, y se ve, y se ve el tipo súper bien y saludable para la edad que tiene, entonces fue bueno, vamos a hacerlo, y nos sacamos la sangre, como dijeron, el antes y el después, para medir nuestro colesterol, los triglicéridos, y al final del reto, que eliminamos proteína animal, aceites, harinas refinadas, cafeína, que esa fue una fuerte porque tomamos café todos los días, eh, por mencionar algunas, eh, fue, nos sentimos realmente, no nada más perdimos más peso, nuestros niveles de colesterol y triglicéridos, en mi caso estaban bien, solo mejoraron, mi marido si estaban altos, se pusieron en orden, y nos sentíamos mentalmente súper bien, o sea, como muy ágiles mentalmente, en el ejercicio también como más ligeros, entonces, nos encantó esos 28 días que experimentamos y decidimos hacerlo un estilo de vida en casa. Y así fue como surge el que yo empiece a comer de, basada en plantas, gracias a Rip Esselstyn. Se me hace bien padre que tu esposo también decidió acompañarte en esta forma de vivir, porque muchas veces se escucha que la mujer es la que, bueno, la que hace el cambio, luego batalla con su familia y es tan difícil es siempre tener que preparar otro tipo de comida para la familia. Este, en este reto que hiciste los 28 días, ¿ellos te ofrecieron las recetas? Sí, eso fue algo que me facilitó muchísimo el camino. Eh, no que me ofrecieran lo que iba a comer toda la semana, pero el libro de Ripple System tiene muchas recetas y aparte en Whole Foods sí nos daban todos los lunes en la clase que teníamos, nos daban recetas de un desayuno que generalmente eran smoothies, un plato fuerte, algún postre, snacks, o sea, nos daban ideas de muchas cosas y muchas de ellas impresas. Entonces mi primera, o sea, fue, fue nos acompañaron de la mano, la verdad es que eso lo hizo muy fácil. Pero en el desayuno, sí, por ejemplo, yo desayunaba huevo con jamón y queso todos los días. Era mi desayuno. Y de repente de un día para otro es de, pues no huevo, no queso y no jamón. Pues que voy a desayunar. Y entonces, pues que un smoothie, que el cereal, pero el cereal, pues no el Lucky Charms, que está lleno de azúcar. Tiene que ser un cereal que sea integral. Entonces, ahí vas viendo y, y pues esos 28 días fueron muy drásticos. Tienes dos opciones en el libro. No, como lo hicimos nosotros, que de un día para otro cambias todo. O la primera semana quitas aceites, la segunda semana quitas azúcares, la tercera semana quitas proteína animal. 
nosotros lo hicimos, dijimos, ya se lo vamos a hacer, lo vamos a hacer bien. Y de un día para otro fue el cambio y, y fue todo un aprendizaje porque pues son recetas nuevas, ingredientes nuevos. O sea, yo no cocinaba ni con tofu, ni con seitán, ni con tempe, vaya, ni sabía qué eran. Hoy en día, pues en mi refri están todos los días, pero en aquel momento ni sabía que existían. Entonces fue un proceso de familiarizarme eh, con nuevos ingredientes, de aprender a cocinarlos y hasta el día de hoy, siete años después, sigo aprendiendo cosas. O sea, no, esto no acaba. Eh, las combinaciones, el cómo marinar eh, tu, tu tofu o tu tempe para darle diferentes sabores, que si va a ser para un sándwich o va a ser para tu ensalada. O sea, puedes jugar tanto con las cosas como tú lo desees. Y así fue como empezó. Ah, y ahorita que decías del marido, fíjate que sí, me siento muy agradecida de que, de que así fluyó, porque muchas de mis amigas que me dicen, claro, es que pues Beto es mi marido, ¿no? Beto le entró y está padrísimo, pero el mío para nada va a dejar la carne. Yo es que te lo juro que Beto es carnívoro toda la vida y dijo, yo los 28 días, pero no, la carne no la dejo. Y acabaron los 28 días y no volví a probar carne como en tres años fácil. ¡Wow! Eh, fuimos súper estrictos. Entonces, sí, o sea, si lo, para mí todo es mental. 28 días no te quita ni más ni menos. O sea, es cuestión de que lo quieras hacer. Y si te gusta, uh -huh. lo sigues al 100% o solamente lo que yo sugiero es un día a la semana que sea lunes sin carne o meatless Monday o todos tus desayunos que no tengan proteína animal. O sea, no te tienes que ir al extremo. Puedes hacer ciertos cambios que al final te van a beneficiar en tu salud. Esta forma de vivir puede ser este, difícil si, hace, si no te preparas y haces el cambio de un día al otro, ¿verdad? Así es. Y habías dicho que también uno puede empezar a comer un platillo plant-based por semana o lo que sea más fácil para esa persona, de hacer ese cambio poco a poco, de, de por lo menos dejar la comida procesada. Bueno, ahora, este, Paola, tienes un libro que acabas de publicar con recetas este, tradicionales y mexicanas. ¿Nos puedes platicar acerca de ese libro? Claro, eh, de hecho es un libro que me encanta porque es un gran acompañamiento para aquellas personas que quieren hacer un cambio a este estilo de vida o probarlo y que dicen, bueno, pero ¿por dónde empiezo? Compra mi cookbook, ¿no? Mi, mi, mi recetario <risa> es digital y tiene 18 recetas, eh, es una colección de 18 recetas que escogimos con mi, en conjunto con mi coautora que es la, eh, la doctora Sunui Escobar. Eh, las dos somos mexicanas y crecimos en México y fueron nuestras favoritas eh, y que son, yo creo, que fáciles de hacer. O sea, por ejemplo, el ceviche de almendras, te lo juro que es una delicia, que sabe, tiene tanto limón que puede saber como al pescado. Quien lo haga, quien, o más bien, quien lo ha hecho me ha dicho. Por ejemplo, te, eh, cuando hicimos el, el recetario, eh, esta Sunui tenía un grupo de internas en el hospital que nos ayudaron a cocinar todas las recetas para asegurarnos que todo estaba bien antes de publicarlo fue en la época de navidad y esta, esta una de ellas que es venezolana hizo el ceviche de almendras como entrada de su, de su cena de navidad en la casa nadie, nadie, o sea todo el mundo está delicioso, es que está buenísimo pero nadie se dio cuenta que era de almendra o sea de verdad es una delicia este, bueno, ese entre, esa es una entrada que tenemos, pero de platos fuertes está el pozole verde, que es sin duda de mis favoritos, y que se hace, no sé, media hora, o sea, 20 minutos en que se pone todo a cocer, más que le metes la salsa y agarran los sabores. Entonces, en realidad, este libro se dio eh, junto con Sunui, que ella es experta en todo lo que son medidas de recetas, 
y hicimos como la lluvia de ideas, yo bajé todo lo que son mis recetas favoritas, que como te mencioné en algún momento, yo cocino como con el corazón, lo que me nace y le voy poniendo, no sé cuántas cucharadas fueron, no sé cuántas eh, cucharadas o, o tazas le eché, sino lo que fue fluyendo. Entonces, su fue un complemento perfecto para poderle poner esas medidas. Las, las internas fueron el, el equipo ideal para probar todas las recetas antes de publicarlo. Y pues ahí está nuestro, li, nuestro primer libro, que es así como, pues, es como mi hijo, es un orgullo el poder meterme a Amazon y buscar mi nombre o buscarlo por su nombre, el recetario mexicano vegano, y que ahí aparezca. Es así como... Mi primer libro, sí, es increíble. Oh. Acabas de decir de tu ceviche vegano, es el sabor que le ponemos a la comida que no, nos satisface, que nos recuerda de la comida más típica o tradicional que antes comíamos. Entonces, sí, y eso es lo que me gusta de tu libro, es la forma que yo voy a convencer a mi familia es en el preparar la comida tan deliciosa como, por ejemplo, tus recetas. Ahí es a donde convences a la gente de que esta forma de comer no solamente es saludable, pero también es deliciosa. Totalmente. Fíjate que ahorita que dijiste esto, recuerdo una vez viviendo en Miami, llegó un primo con su esposa que se quedaron en la casa, iban a su baby shopping y cenamos hamburguesas en la casa, plant-based, por supuesto. Y mi primo la probaba y decía, júrame que esto no es carne. O sea, es que está buenísima. Y yo, pues para que veas que plant-based puedes comer sin necesidad de que sea carne. Otra, por ejemplo, yo te, te compartía que yo desayunaba huevo revuelto todos los días. Entonces, Digo, hoy en día son mis smoothies porque ya no me hago tofu revuelto todos los días, pero el tofu revuelto y que le puedas poner el, el especie que tú usas mucho del, de la cúrcuma para que tenga ese sabor amarillo con vegetales, ¿no? Es una, o sea, de verdad, es una cosa deliciosa. Y en el recetario también tenemos un tofu revuelto. Platícanos acerca del otro ingrediente que yo ahora uso, el jackfruit. Yaca. La yaca. Bueno, la yaca es... Te saca de cualquier apuro. La yaca, si bien es una fruta, es un excelente sustituto para cualquier platillo que tenga que ver con carne o pollo deshebrado. O sea, si vas a hacer un salpicón, pues saca tu yaca y la cocina. Si vas a hacer, eh, en Chile, por ejemplo, en el restaurante tenemos unas enmoladas de yaca, pues es, es todo lo que se ha deshebrado, lo cocinas, lo marinas de cierta forma antes de meterlo a la tortilla. De hecho, ahorita se me hace agua la boca, tenemos unos tacos al pastor, Hoy. Hechos de yaca, te lo bueno, los, están en, en uno de mis IGTV eh, con Joemi Blanco mm. y se, cocinamos juntas los tacos al pastor. Ella, aunque es de Puerto Rico, vivió en México y al momento de probarla te dice, es que es como en México, estos tacos están buenísimos y tiene que ver con el sazón, o sea, el hecho de que le pongas al adobo a esta yaca no tiene que ser el cerdo y sabe igual o más rico, bueno, obviamente tu paladar va cambiando, entonces para mí es delicioso. Ella, eh, ella está familiarizada con plant-based, pero bueno, ya lo probará cada quien. Pero sí, el punto, de, eh, la yaca es una excelente opción para cocinar todo lo que sea deshebrado. Carne, eh, pollo, puerco, todo lo que sea deshebrado. ¿Nos puedes platicar, platicar acerca de cómo preparas este, la yaca? La yaca, en efecto, salida de, salida de la lata, este, pues no, sí hay que darle un poco de sabor. De la fruta como tal, es un trabajo muy tedioso el, el poderla sacar de la fruta. Entonces, la verdad, comprar una lata te va a facilitar la vida. Y lo que yo, lo más fácil, si son para los tamales, por ejemplo, es sofreír, ya sea con un poco de aceite o incluso en agua, ¿no? Que, que el plant-based diet evita los aceites y tú puedes poner 
tu cebolla y tu ajo en el sartén bien caliente y ya que se empiezan como a quemar le agregas agua, ¿no? Va a salir el vapor, pero evitas usar aceite. Y le agregas la yaca y de ahí yo siempre le agrego un chorrito de vinagre de manzana para quitarle el posible sabor ácido que traiga de la lata. Entonces le echo un chorrito y de ahí lo que quieras, ya sea que le ponga la salsa verde, si lo que voy a hacer son unas tortitas de, de jack en salsa verde, este, o le pongo verduras, ¿no? Como si voy a hacer así, no, no sería un picadillo, pero pues cualquier verdura que le quieras meter como picada para cocinar y rellenar tus flautas o hacer unos tacos o lo que quieras, ahí ya que estén sofritos con su cebolla, su ajo y el chirrito de vinagre, agrégale todo lo que quieras. O sácalo mm. para tu tamal. Para el tamal yo creo que sería padre con, con sal, sería rico con salsa verde. Oh, ¿no? sí. O sea, la yaca, como si fuera sí. el pollo, el tamal de pollo en salsa verde, pero de yaca. Y hablando acerca de tu IGTV, he visto que tienes varias entrevistas. Hablas mucho acerca de tus aceites. Claro, mira, soy súper fan. Los aceites llevo usándolos yo creo que más de 10 años en mi vida. Eh, no sabía, no tenía el conocimiento que hoy tengo hasta el año que empezó en pandemia y por la parte emocional, ¿no? Que aunque haces tu ejercicio, comes bien, pues sí te pega, sí te pega y entonces empecé a usar más los aceites uh -huh. y han sido la salvación de en mi casa. O sea, el hecho de poner aromaterapia eh, con una menta que te ayuda, por ejemplo, mi marido que está a work office todo el tiempo, su menta con limón, la menta le ayuda a concentrarse, el limón le ayuda a estar energético y sin que él sepa, nada más con que le esté llegando el olor, el aceitito ya está trabajando en su mente. Yo, por ejemplo, emocionalmente me encantan las flores, ¿no? Entonces un día me levanto así como cabizbaja con que inhale directo mi geranio de la botella, este, me cambia el día. Con mi hija eh, manejo los rollers para dormir, eh, le hago diferentes y, y jugamos a que le hago dibujitos en la espalda, ella ya sabe que igual se los pone, cuando via hemos viajado igual para el sistema inmunológico se nos ponemos en el pecho o en el tapabocas, en fin, son parte de mi vida, este... No cualquier aceite, los que yo uso son, son aceites premiums de la marca Young Living. Soy parte del programa de afiliados. Si alguien está interesado en mi Instagram, pueden conseguir más información. Pero sí, estas botellitas se me hacen el poder de las plantas. Todo, es una, el poder de la planta está aquí, ¿no? El sí. para poderte ayudar a, a sanar algo o a sí. prevenir algo. Bueno, gracias, Paola. Um, vamos a, a, a seguir en inglés, just so that we can wrap this up. And is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about you? In case you're curious, you can always find me on Pololes Journey in Instagram or in Facebook. Um, I love to make engagement with my people. So in case you have any questions, feel free to go and make me a DM and I'll be happy to get in touch with anyone. Wonderful. And your blog is in both languages, in English and in Spanish as well. Um, well, it's mostly in Spanish, but I have few in English. It's pololesjourney.com. Okay, great. To make it bilingual, but I, I just haven't got the time to get <laughs> to I know. both of them. Yes. It's a lot of work to translate. I'll include all the links in the show notes. And it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. I'm so excited about your work, your cookbook. And then, of course, like I said, all our listeners should follow you on IGTV because you have so much great content. Thank you again. Thank you, and it was a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation, Maya. You've been listening to the Plant-Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.